Hi and welcome back to Marin's Money Talk podcast. Gong si fa chai to all of our listeners who celebrate the Lunar New Year. Here is to a prosperous year of the tiger. Some of our listeners here might have received some rate packet money and currently wondering if they should spend it. Our advice is, if you can, save and invest it. Last October, EPF released a statement claiming that only 3% of Malaysians could afford to retire and 54% of EPF members aged 54 had less than 50,000 ringgit in their savings account. This is truly worrying. How are our fellow Malaysians going to be able to retire comfortably? Well, investing is a good way to earn a passive income as your money will be put to work even when you are asleep and even on days when you go on holidays. Well, you might be wondering, ah, come on, Evelyn, you're a big liar. There's no free lunch in this world. And guess what? Yes, you're right. In this investing world, there is one very important factor that you need to take into consideration, and that's risk. The higher the returns, the higher the risk that you need to take on. Hence, there is indeed no free lunch. Having said that, it is not all doom and gloom here. Well, the way to reduce the risk is to diversify your investments. And one very important saying in investments that sticks with me is, do not put all your eggs in one basket. And what do we mean by this? Well, let me share with you a little investing experience I had. So when I first started my investing journey, I didn't know anything about reading nor researching a company's fundamentals. Well, 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 you must be thinking, how on earth did I make my investment decisions? Huh, that's very easy. Well, I look at the things I use and like, Apple for notebook, Facebook and Twitter for social media. So I invested in these big tech companies. This is a very good first step for a beginner. But it's dangerous to do that. At that time, my whole portfolio consisted of only big tech companies and nothing else. Well, if I had kept that position and not invested my money in other companies, what would have happened to me in the past three months? I would probably see my whole portfolio returns going into the red zone with the recent tech sell-off. And so, this is a very important and good lesson is to diversify your investment. But you'll probably be asking, how? Well, in fact, there are many ways to diversify your investment. First and foremost, you can diversify your portfolio by investing in a basket of companies of different sizes. Say, for example, large cap, such as Maybank, mid cap like the FNN and Sunway, small cap like Aeon and Padini, and microcaps such as Pocong, or you can diversify your investment by sectors, where you invest in stocks or companies that are in different sectors, say some in plantation, some in consumer discretionary like food and beverages, some in healthcare, or if you are a bit more seasoned or knowledgeable, you can actually invest by looking at the style of a stock. So say if a stock belonging to the growth style, the tech sector, or a stock belonging to the value style where it's cheap and trading at below its fundamentals. 
Okay, that's enough of hearing of my long-winded story. Let me invite my fellow co-founders to share some investment wisdom on their thoughts about relying solely on EPF to retire and why diversification is so important when investing. Hello again, John and Andrew. Hi, Evelyn. Thanks for having us. Hi, thanks for having, thanks for having us. Hi, good to have you guys again. Well, I was sharing with our listeners about the statement released by EPF last, late last year, claiming that only 3% of our fellow Malaysians could afford to retire. What are both of your thoughts on this? Why can't we just have our EPF to do the capital growth for us? Um, I think, first of all, it, it is very concerning if only 3% of the Malaysian population can afford to retire when they reach retirement age. Um, from a principal point of view, I mean, the very purpose of a compulsory government-managed um, retirement savings scheme, such as uh, the EPF, is really to ensure as you know, many Malaysians as possible can look forward to retirement and have access uh, to a steady supply of income once they reach uh, their retirement age. So, you know, the 3% statistics is disturbing. And, and you can't help but feel that you know, every Malaysian should have a plan B for building wealth and preserving the capital over the long term. Uh, in other words, you know, each of us should not depend solely on EPF to carry us through retirement. I mean, don't get me wrong. E EPF in and of itself is still a good thing to have. And in fact, the historical return of um, EPF, I think it's around 5 to 6%, which easily beats you know, the interest you get from a savings account or a fixed deposit. Um, however, with, you know, with average inflation rate, uh, sitting around two to three percent, that five to six percent return can't go very far, honestly, to help you retire comfortably. So we really have to ask ourselves: Is it wise to rely on on our EPF savings alone for retirement? So on that note, um, here's a quick and interesting fact that I think everyone should consider. I mean, the twenty-year return of the Malaysian stock market. Um, as, as represented by the uh, KLCI or Kuala Lumpur Composite Index, uh, is around 10 to 12%, double that of uh, EPF returns. That's a very good number over there with the KLCI Composite Index. Well, John, what are your thoughts on this? Well, if you have been checking on the news uh, lately, you see that the inflationary pressures uh, are starting to build uh, in, in the post-pandemic world. And actually, as a matter of fact, yesterday news reports are reporting that in the US, uh, they have actually, they're actually recording a 7.5% inflation, which is a 40 high, uh, which is a 40 year old high record, which is that goes as far back as to the 1980s. Well, Malaysia in the meantime has recorded a 3.2% inflation in December, while our neighboring Singapore has recorded an inflation of 2.1%, which is a full 1% higher than uh, most, economy, uh, most economists' estimates. Um, well, it may not be as bad in Malaysia as compared to what's happening in the U.S. It's, it's actually worthwhile to understand that the inflationary pressures in the U.S. are actually driven by expansionary, expansionary measures such as uh, aggressive uh, cash handouts and fiscal policies by the Biden uh, administrations and a uh, previously dovish uh, U.S. Uh, Fed policies. As well as, you know, generally the, the spending patterns of Americans who may be culturally different spending-wise uh, than, say, a country like Malaysia. That's it, Malaysians are not insulated from the global cost pressures of raw materials and, uh, 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 and logistics from manufacturing that will, eat, 
that will eventually translate to a reduced purchasing power from Malaysians in the coming months and possibly years to come. What this means is that your savings just lost a, a bit, quite a bit of its value and over time, your every ringgit will not be worth as much as it did back then. And you know, for those who generally ignore retirement planning, like those in their 30s right now, they may be in for a root shock in about 20 to 30 years time. While for those who actually believe in retirement planning, it's never too late. And they've got the advantage to actually build their wealth in what is the greatest wealth creation period of our time as stock markets around the world are on an upward trajectory post-pandemic and equities investing are a good tool in any retirement planning strategy. Wow, that's in fact a very, very insightful one. John, that's great. Yes, um, so inflation is definitely one that we should really keep an eye on, be it in Malaysia or in the US, because there will be implications on our market as well. And also given the you know, inflationary pressures, some sectors tend not to be able to weather that sort of high inflationary environment. And of course, with impending rate hikes in the US as well, uh, well, there's a very good example would be the high growth tech sector, which actually might struggle. And in fact, you know, one very good example that um, recently we saw on um, the US market would be the crash of Meta, formerly Facebook. And so what I've done was I actually touched on the importance of diversification. Well, I used to be a high tech stock supporter. And so I only actually picked tech companies to invest in. But later on, I actually learned the hard way that is not the wisest thing to do in investing given the risk involved. So what are your thoughts on, you know, selecting only one sector to invest? And when you first began your investing journey, did you guys actually know the importance of that diversification, John and Andrew? And if not, when did you find out that it is actually very important while actually constructing our portfolio and how do you diversify your portfolio? Sorry, it's kind of a long question here. So John, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, diversification for me is a result of a compilation of hard lessons from the lack of diversification from my own investing experience before. Uh, and this was, you know, uh, over time, I actually learned to spread out the eggs instead of focusing on a particular sector or theme. But, you know, I get it, right? The allure and the thrill of not diversifying of not di diversifying is there. You know, after all, one has only a limited amount of funds, and what would one would logically seek to maximize returns out of a limited resource. You know, like if you're playing poker, you go all in. Uh, well, it's nice to 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 write a thematic play like gloves in the twenty twenty, and you know, and possibly making a lot of money along the way. Uh, glove stocks in the uh, glove stocks in the recent months uh, have suffered a downturn as industry players are grappling with a lower ASP, which is the average starting price of their products, as uh, due to the ample supply uh, to actually meet demands. You know, unlike in the early days of the pandemic, where the demand far outstrips available supplies, and companies uh, like you know, as companies get uh, who are traditionally not in the glove making business, one of the piece of the action. Uh, they make decisions to manufacture gloves too, you know, like uh, Kuala Lumpur, Kapong Baha, which is our KLK, which is actually a plantation company. Or uh, even, say, for example, in China, you get BYD, who is an EV car maker, who's actually making 
um, masks too. Like everybody wants a piece of the healthcare action. Uh, it only adds to the oversupply that traditionally hurt uh, 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 traditional gl glove makers or you know uh, health um, health products, uh, uh, healthcare products otherwise. Um, well, however, if one's portfolio is actually well diversified, any reversal from a thematic investment play will insulate your portfolio from adverse effects uh, as downturns in a sector will be balanced out by performance in other sectors, such as, say, for example, if your, uh, if your portfolio has hospitality stocks right now, they will do like, really, really well. Uh, and this will actually cancel out the downturn in the, uh, uh, in the glove stocks presently. That's very insightful. Andrew, do you have any thoughts on this? So yeah, I, I really agree with John's sentiments about diversification. Um, you know, diversification is really a good risk management tool that we can apply to um, reduce the wild market swings that affect our investments. So personally, I'm a bit risk averse. Uh, so when I started investing, uh, diversification came naturally to me then. So I didn't, really, I didn't really fancy the idea of owning stocks in just one particular sector or industry. So I, I made effort to uh, buy stocks in different industries, you know, from tech to energy to hospitality, uh, even though at that time I didn't really have a good handle on, uh, you know, the, uh, the sort of uh, information uh, regarding the fundamentals of those industries. I just thought it was a good idea to just um, diversify that way. So um and so the the diversification process doesn't really have to be done on day one. So you can diversify your investments uh, progressively over a period of time. So but having said that, um it is also important uh, not to diversify too much until to the point that you have too many stocks in your portfolio because otherwise um you you probably be better off buying an ETF and you know save on the trading commission fees. Um, I know of some people who has like a 40 to 50 stocks in their portfolios. Not to say that it's a bad thing, um, but I think at the end of the day, it's really about your uh, personal risk tolerance. Um, there's no golden rule about the number of stocks that one should have. Um, but I think personally having around 12 to 20 stocks uh, spread across uh, four to five sectors or industries, it's a reasonable strategy. Cool. Those are really good numbers to sort of like keep in mind and really diversification is key to good portfolio uh, management. And now that we have heard of the importance of diversification, do keep in mind that there are, very, um, there are different ways to actually mitigate the risk of investing by not putting all your eggs in one single basket. And in fact, I know Marion has the capability to screen stocks and generate sector sentiments it would be great to hear from both of you, um, you know, in regards on how Marion could actually um, be used on that front where, you know, our listeners could actually use our analytics to help them in diversifying their investments while actually constructing their portfolios. Andrew, would you like to share your thoughts on this? Marion App is our internally developed uh, stock market research insights engine called uh, Marion Analytics. So the way that um, Marriott Analytics works is by providing our users with easy to understand and you know, bite-sized useful information about the stock market in general, the sector and individual stocks. So for example, the, the sector sentiment um, that you mentioned actually 
summarizes the information from business news articles and reports from you know, conventional and trusted sources such as the Star, the Edge and uh, other media outlets. And then it tells our user the general sentiment or feeling about a particular sector, say for example, the plantation sector, whether the sentiment is positive, negative or neutral. So therefore our user can get an overall sense of a particular sector without having to spend time reading all the news articles or reports. So this, this can help our users to quickly identify the sectors that are appropriate for their diversification strategy. Um, Merit Analytics also provide our users with uh, intelligent stock screeners where they uh, will be able to filter you know, the 900 plus stocks and ETFs on Bursa Malaysia according to you know, financial performance, sector outlook, uh, whether they are Sharia compliant and um, so forth. Yeah, uh, uh, just to add to uh, what Andrew is saying, you know, uh, on top of the technology front, uh, we'll also be planning our thoughts in uh, blogs and podcasts like these uh, to, to actually share our thoughts and perhaps give our investors a good idea on to where to look, look to next as well as best practices in constructing your own portfolios. Uh, we'll also be organizing webinars with uh, guest speakers from the investment community to share their thoughts as well. So do look out for those in the coming months. Woohoo! Thanks, guys, for the very useful insights and sharing of some of Marin's capabilities. Well, I can't wait to use Marin myself. I'm truly excited. I think it will definitely help me when making my investment decisions, especially when considering where to diversify my investments. Well, speaking of that, we have crafted some articles to help you understand some of the nitty-gritty of invest investing on our Marin's Quick Arrows blog at blog.marian.asia. And if you're interested, we have just released an article on technical analysis. Please feel free to head over to have a read. Well, thanks for tuning in. And if you have not signed up to our waitlist for a chance to win an iPhone 13, please do so at marian.asia. Here is wishing all of our listeners happy Valentine's Day and happy Chapgome if you celebrate Chapgome. We have barely scratched the surface of diversification in this episode and we will explore this topic further through looking at different asset classes such as stocks, bonds and alternatives in our next episode. So, stay tuned.